Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do, and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Again, it goes back to self-care is just, you need to start with the ability to start to think about what Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motsek. And I'm going to help you find itself. the clarity, like confidence, and courage to become the coach the that you are meant to be. 40, 50 years. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how-to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hi, friends, and welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I've got another super interesting guest episode here for you today. I'm interviewing Kim Aceto. She's a health and self-care coach and podcast host of the podcast. It's called Me Time Midlife. Kim and I met because we both serve on the board of our local ICF chapter. I know that some of you might not know what that is because there's a lot of new coaches in the audience. There are many coaching organizations that you can join, and the ICF is one of the larger global organizations. Those initials, ICF, stand for International Coaching Federation. It's a global organization, like I said. It provides community, education, and accreditation, among other things, for professional coaches. Anyway, Kim kindly interviewed me on her podcast a number of months ago, and we spoke about the importance of a morning routine, and I shared my zero to four morning routine that I designed for busy women. And I wanted to have her back. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her. So my very first impression of Kim when I met her a couple of years ago is her warmth. She's direct She's kind and caring, and she has this real feeling of inclusive and welcoming, and it's the only way that I can describe it. She is forever thoughtful, and she cares about the people that she connects with, and she thinks before she responds. If I had three words to describe her, they would be these, curious, welcoming, and warm. In short, she's exactly the kind of person that you would love to meet. And that's really the reason that I've invited her here on this episode. She's a champion for women in midlife. You know those ones. They're the ones who've spent their entire life putting everybody else's needs in front of theirs. And now they're finally ready to step up and say, it's my turn and take care of me. So today, we're going to talk a little bit about her experience as a personal trainer And we're also going to have a conversation about the importance of practicing self-care as a coach and how it makes you a better coach. So let's dive in. Welcome, Kim. Really glad you're here. 
Andy, that was the most amazing introduction that anyone has ever given me. Now I want to have you back on the podcast to give you just as, oh my gosh, thank you so much. What a warm, warm welcome to your podcast. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. It's funny, you know, I get these, um, I sit down to write these little introductions for the people. And I mean, you're one of a, a few people that I've had on here. I'm still new to doing guest episodes, but when I sit there, I have a little bit of a quiet moment and I think, what is it about her? Like, what is it about her that really resonates with me? And so I'm just, I always have so much fun writing them. And so anyway, glad to have you here. So tell me, tell me about this thing about self-care and the idea that there are so many women that say, you know what, it's just my time. Like I've got to take care of myself. How did you get started there? Tell me all about it. Yeah. Well, um, (laughs) I think that we, as women in general, we tend to, um, maybe actually as we're little girls, I think we tend to kind of grow up, uh, surrounded, by other women who kind of take care of everything, or maybe kind of, um, you know, we grew up in a, maybe a traditional um, household where, you know, we see dad, let's say, go to work and bring home the bacon, so to speak. And mom, you know, takes care of the kids and she keeps the house clean and she cooks and she cleans and she takes the kids to soccer practice and does all those types of things. Now that's all changing And I'm very happy about that um, as far as the gender roles and all of that. But I think that um, most of us, you know, we kind of grow up with this and then we see our moms like this. We see our aunts, our grandmas, um, all the women around us. And so I think we, as we get into adulthood, we end up kind of doing the same thing. We mimic what we have seen around us, which is women who take care of everybody else And if there's any time or money or energy left, which there rarely is, then we take care of ourselves. And so um, what I do is I help women in midlife who've come to this realization. And this usually does happen around midlife. It happens at a time of a woman's life where, you know, she's raised kids. She's been maybe married for 20, 30 years. She's been in her career for a long time or has never had a career. You know, there's many different things that could happen in a woman's life, but kind of that, that stage in a woman's life, not necessarily an age, but a stage in a woman's life where, you know, she realizes that she's been taking care of everybody else at the expense of her own health and Mm self-care. And that could be because she's noticing that her body is changing or um, she's not as fulfilled as she wishes she was or a number of different things like that. So I love to work with a woman who has come to that point and is ready to start putting her needs right up there with everyone else's, not above everyone else's because that can feel selfish, right? Like I'm more important than you. So I'm going to take care of me and not take care of you anymore. And we're we're not like that. Um, but you know, a woman who says my needs, my wants are just as important as everyone else in my life. Yeah. That's the kind of woman I work with, you know, and there's, there's a whole bunch of stuff as you're saying this, my brain is just going around and around and around with a whole bunch of ideas. Um, the first is that a lot of these women, they're so, and I say these women, I mean, 
I've always had a career. My mom always had a career. Her mom always had a career. And yet, even with that, we are still oftentimes the caregivers. So even for, you know, the women who are inside the house, outside the house, doing whatever for everybody, we take on that same role in our work environment as well. So it's not just within the family unit and within our social unit, it's at work too, right? And the first thing that I was thinking of as you were talking is this word of resentment. You know, when you put so many people in front of you and you leave yourself last with the, you know, the last little drips in the coffee pot that are left over just for you over the years, it builds resentment and that's not good for anybody. It's not, it's not. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're also talking about, uh, you know, maybe a stage in a woman's life where she's got, she still has children that might need her because a lot of kids are not going off to university or college like they once were. Maybe they're staying home, um, living in the basement. Um, and so, you know, they're taking care of their kids, their adult kids still, maybe they have a partner as well, but now their parents are getting older also. And so they find that, you know, they're, they're having to take care of their parents or having to take care of their home and their children and their partner. And now it's like, well, how am I supposed to find any time to take care of myself? And I'm not just talking about health and wellness, but, you know, possibly pursuing a new career or a hobby or a new skill or whatever it is, you know, any time for you um, is is what I'm talking about. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a very challenging time. For sure. And I noticed that um, a lot of my clients, so, you know, the name of my podcast, She Coaches Coaches. So a lot of the new coaches that I work with, that's one of the reasons that they've decided to pursue being a coach. It's something that they kind of always wanted to do. And that this change is a part of their um, journey. Or they've always done that job that they fell into, that they progressed in, and they realized they didn't want to do it anymore. So when you start working with your clients, what's the very first thing that you start with them? Like when somebody comes to you, how do you begin with them? Yeah, you know, I get a lot of this too. When I have a consultation with a client, they want to know what, what's going to happen. What, where are we even going to begin, right? Um, and the place, every coach has their own way of doing things. Um, my, my way is very personalized. Um, so, you know, I don't, something we learn as a coach is we don't come with an agenda. We don't want to come with our own agenda. It's all about the client and the client knows, has all the answers and our job is to help them find and discover those answers. Right. But I think the place that I usually start is with values. It's what are your top five values? And I ask this question, not because it's just a great question and, and something we all need to think about because that those values are going to hopefully drive our decisions and, and, you know, all of those, those types of things. But, um, but especially for the stage of a woman's life in midlife, it's a great time to just evaluate again, what is important to me, you know, not what should be important to me. Oh, my health should be important to me, or my family should be important to me, or my husband should be important to me. But what do, what do you really want, you know? Um, And what is really important to you? So I think 
I would say most of the time we start with those top five values and actually give them like 400 different values that they could choose from. And I make them narrow it down to five. And it's really, really hard to narrow down to five when you have 400 words <laughs> that are all important things, you know, and, and we talk about them. Um, and, you know, we, we try to understand them a little bit more and why they chose this word as opposed to that word. But I think it really starts with your values, because your values can change um, as you get older, what's important to you, what you care about. Um, as we change, our values change as well. And again, if we know our values, we know what we stand for, then we can make the decisions that are going to be best for us and where we we are going and who we're becoming. Hmm. Yeah. And so there's, there's this, a couple of things again is, so as, you know, coaches listen to this, I just want to sort of put a little pin in this part of the discussion to remind the coaches to go back and rewind that piece and remind them to look at the piece about the individual values and how values are so important to someone designing or redesigning their life. And so just a, just a little place to kind of put a pause there and remind them to go back and listen there, because I think there's a lot to be said for that values. And then the other thing that you said is no agenda. You know, the client brings the agenda to the call and having that open coach-like relationship will really help to reinforce in your clients that they're, they're in control of their life. This is their life. They get to choose. And that sort of helps to reinforce that whole my time my time, you know, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can't say, you know, come and work with me and because you want to start taking care of yourself and making your own decisions and, and all of that. Right. Because <laughs> I think a lot of my clients, uh, you know, they have been doing what they, what, what they've been told to do or what they've looked around and thought they should be doing. Um, and the last thing they need for me is for me to start giving them advice and telling them how they should live their lives and, and how they should start taking care of themselves. Right. Yeah. And so as a coach, you know, my job is to, you know, be the co-pilot or, you know, I see a lot of, uh, drivers training, uh, you know, as, as I'm walking around, I see, you know, student drivers. And I think I always, when I see that, I always think, you know, as a coach, I'm like that, I'm like that. Uh, teacher, right? I'm in the passenger seat. And, um, you know, I have, I have a brake as well. And I might have a wheel, a steering wheel in front of me as well, but I'm not driving the car. My job is to make sure that we don't, you know, veer off the road and, and, or we don't get hurt or, or, you know, we stay on course and that my client continues to feel inspired and motivated to move toward their, their goals and, and where they want to go and who they want to be. And my job is to, is to keep them, you know, going in that direction and help them navigate those obstacles and challenges that are bound to come their way whenever we make any changes in our lives. And it's an, it's a, I love coaching. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful skill that like wine only gets better over time. And I can't wait to, you know, continue to grow my skills um, because I really feel like I'm going to be a coach for 
I hate to say the rest of my life, but for a really long time, because well, maybe for the rest of your life too, right? Maybe for the rest <laughs> of my life too. That's right. If I ever want to buy a house in Vancouver, I think, I think I'll have to be a coach the rest of my life. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so can let's, let's kind of shift over to the part of the self care and, um, how does, how do you start with self-care? How do you, you know, like, how do you define it? I know that it's not bubble baths. I get that. Um, but you know, how do you approach that with your clients? Yeah, that's a really great question. And you know what? It's different for everybody. For some women, it is a bubble bath. Mm-hmm. Um, for some women it's, I, I remember I had a client who, Um, she was living at home. She had a husband and, um, she was in her sixties. I believe she had a daughter, an adult daughter who also had a son was living with her at home as well. So we just kind of talked about kind of being in that, that sandwich generation there, right. Where you're taking care of, you know, you still have a daughter at home, but you also have a grandson that's there as well. And you have a husband and you have yourself and a home and a career and all of that. So you know, the house was chaotic every morning, she would get up and her husband's getting ready for work and her daughter is getting ready for work. And her daughter's also trying to get her son ready for school. And it's just a kind of a chaotic household. So what she would do is she would walk downstairs, make herself a cup of tea, walk back upstairs, close her door in her bedroom by herself, sat in her bed and read or meditated or whatever she did for 10 minutes. And everybody in the house knew that every morning she has that 10 minutes to herself. And that's just an example of self-care for her. And that wasn't all she needed for self-care, but that was something that she did need. And so I think the first thing we have to do is start to shift like our mindset to start to think about what do I want and what do I need, which is not always easy for us women, because we're always thinking about what everybody else wants and needs. We know what, we know what everybody needs. We do, you know, and and we know what everybody likes, but um, an example I've used before talking about this is my mom when she was uh, just when she was a, a newlywed, she went to go pick out some plates with one of her friends And, uh, so they went shopping and they went to go look for some dinner plates. And my mom's friend said, what about these? Do you like these plates? Do you like this color? And my mom said, she told me the story. She said, I, I don't know. I I didn't know. I didn't know if I liked those plates, Wow. you know, whereas we would think, well, you either like something or you don't like something. Right. But she had never even thought about, Hmm, what do I like? Right. So I think, again, it goes back to self-care is just, we need to start with the ability to start to think about what we might want for ourselves. Mm. And that might take some time in and of itself, right. To shift that, that mindset, especially if you've been thinking about everybody else for the last 40, 50 years. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and of course, self-care pertains to everyone, um, coaches, this particular audience, but when you're talking about, you know, these two stories, like for example, about your mom realizing that she had never actually thought about what her preference was, that is a big, that is a big step. And then with the example from your client with that 10 minutes to decide 
what would be her piece of self-care to start her day. So just deciding and then having the boundary set that this is my time, following through on that action, having the acknowledgement and respect from the other people in the household, and also holding back in that 10 minutes from not caretaking. You know, it would be so easy to do something to help the husband, the daughter, the grandson, but to actually take the action and follow it through, there's a lot, you know, it's such a small chunk of time, but a lot of learning within that chunk of time for somebody, right? Yes, absolutely. And I'll tell you something as from the outside that would look so simple as, yeah, I'm going to start taking 10 minutes every morning for myself to do, you know, like your routine, right? You have a morning routine. And oh, yeah. to, there's one thing to, <laughs> there's one thing to say it, but there's a whole other thing to implement it and to actually, you know, tell you the people in your household that this is your time for you and you don't want to be bothered and you need, you need that time for yourself, you know? So everything you explained right there, that's exactly how I help my clients through um, some of these things and, and how hard it can even be to just tell your family that you have a need. Mm, yeah. You're just, you're completely upsetting the apple cart, right? Like they never, right. it never occurred to them that there might be something different that you need or want. Like it's not, it wasn't even in the equation necessarily until the conversation was had. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Boy, you really got me thinking about that. That's for sure. And yeah, I have my morning routine and it's like the only, the only person who bugs me is my dog and that's okay. <laughs> the dog, the dog's part of it. And you know, and my family is happy. Like they're not, that's just what I do, but it didn't start that way. And, you know, just sort of thinking back to that beginning so we were also going to touch on this um, self-care and coaches. Is there anything in particular in that area that you'd like to add in here? Um, I would just say that, you know, we, we as coaches, I mean, we all go to different coaching schools, but I think the, these things are the same. Like we have three main things that we need to do. We need to be present we need to listen and reflect back what was said. And then we need to be able to ask the right questions. So the very first one I think is a most important one, which is to be present. And it is really, really difficult to be present when our cup is empty, right? Meaning when we are so depleted, when we're tired, when we're um, stressed, when we're overwhelmed, when we're overworked, when we have too much going on, it is really, really hard to be present. When we have too many distractions going on around us, even if we have too much clutter in our workspace, that can distract us from being present with our clients. So I, I think it's really, really important for us as coaches to practice self-care so that we can be present. Because if we're not present, we can't do those other things. We can't listen actively. We can't reflect back to our client what they just said. And we can't ask those thought-provoking questions that our clients need to be asked in order to help them find those answers. So I think self-care 
has to be built into a coach's life. Mm. It's kind of like an athlete. You know, you would never be an athlete without having your, you know, your heavy days, your light days, the days you manage this type of food, the amount of rest that you get going for massage or physio. It's the same thing, right? Like it's exactly our spirit and our brain and our it are all tools that we use in coaching. And so this is how we manage. This is how we manage the, the tools that we leverage in a coaching call and with our, our clients. There, and there's one more thing here too. So I, I, I totally agree with you. And it's kind of a yes and. And the and part is that I also think that coaches need to walk the talk, right? So if we're asking our clients to come to a session with an open mind and look towards changing and growing into um, a more fulfilled, more satisfied version of themselves, then we've got to do that too. And so for me, that's part of that self-care piece. I can't say, um, I can't show up at a session when I'm not walking the same talk that I'm looking to my client to grow into. Absolutely. I mean, we're asking our clients to get out of their comfort zones, to grow, um, to make changes, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as a coach, we need to have empathy. That's another thing, right? We need to be able to put ourselves in our client's shoes. And um, unless we are growing and changing and trying to become the best version of ourselves, like it's going to be really hard to help our clients do the same thing if we're not actually putting ourselves through, through that too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, and that includes, you know, professional development and reading and possibly having our own coach, right. Um, that's important too. Yeah. Agreed. Wow. This has been super interesting. Now, before I wrap up, I'm going to ask you my last question. It's my, I call it my share question. So if you could turn back time, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self? Hmm. Going to have to think about that one. I think, I think for me, and um, actually if anyone could see me, they would know that I, I don't look like the typical average person, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know how to really say that, but I, I look like I, I look like I am my authentic self and I don't, right? I think that's how yeah. we would kind of, kind of say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would still tell my 20 year old self, I think not to care so much about what people think. I think that's, that's something. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that that's the first thing that came to mind. Yeah. I just not care so much about what people think. And I think I say that too, because I'm fortunate in that I work with women who tend to be older than me mm -hmm. and there tends to be a theme and, uh, themes that run across most of my clients. And, um, one of them is caring what people think. And another one is not feeling like we're good enough. So then that's why we put too much on our plate and that's why we don't take care of ourselves. And that's why we don't invest in our own health and self-care and so on. So that would be my answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know if it would be easier if I had said that to myself when I was 20, because I don't, I don't know if I was mentally capable of doing that then, but I can so see it now, you know, this 
other people's opinions and and in some cases we don't even know what other people's opinions are but we still dictate how we are in life based on what we think their opinions might be so i love that i love that idea about being true to yourself and not worrying so much about what other people might be thinking i'm so glad we had this chance to talk um i don't have any other questions for you now any of the listeners who really resonate with this message, I'd love to make sure that they've got a way to get in touch with you. How can they find you? How can they hear more about what you're doing? Tell them a little bit about your podcast, your website, and how they can get in touch with you, Kim. Sure. Um, well, if anyone wants to email me, they can just email me at kim at transformationwellnessforwomen.com. Um, I, my website is transformationwellnessforwomen.com, <laughs> the same thing. And then my podcast is probably where I'm the most active. Um, I have a weekly podcast, as Candy said, called the Me Time Midlife Podcast. It's a podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everybody else. And now they say it's my turn to take care of me. And I started this podcast because my area of expertise is in health and wellness and nutrition and exercise and all of those areas. But my clients in mid, this mid stage of life are going through so many other things. They're thinking about retirement. They're thinking about a career change. They have grandchildren. Um, they're, some of them are getting divorced, right? Like there's so many things that are happening in this time of life. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring on experts to talk about uh, different things like that. So sometimes I'll bring on uh, an expert to talk about you know, um, retirement or something, for example. Um, and I'll interview that person, but I also have conversations with other people who maybe we do something kind of similar so that people can kind of get a different perspective from, from somebody who does something kind of similar as I do. So yeah, me time midlife podcast. You can check and out I too. will put all of the links in the episode notes as well um, so that they don't have to write it down or pause it in the middle of listening to the episode. Um, and then they can just click through. So I really appreciate you being here. I really appreciate our conversation. It's been wonderful. And it, you know, it just gives me more to think about. Like I could just keep talking and talking and talking, but... <laughs> I love talking with you, Candy. I, yeah, do. I love it too. And that's just for another day. So to wrap it up again, thank you so much for being here and listeners. I am so appreciative of you as well. And I'm so thankful that you came and listened to our conversation. Check Kim out. She's got some amazing guests on her podcast. I know that you're going to love it. And thanks. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.